Our scripture lesson today is Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 17, found on pages 46 and 47 in your Old Testament pew Bible. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me, I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my title for all generations. Go and assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, has appeared to me saying, I have given heed to you and to what has been done to you in Egypt. I declare that I will bring you up out of the misery of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. Listen to the voice of the Spirit speaking to the church. Good morning. Please pray with me. O oh Lord, may the meditations of my heart 
the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Moses was a curious fellow. Thank God. There he was leading his flock to pasture when he spotted this bush that seemed to be on fire. Those things happen, right? A lightning strike in the dry season could make hundreds of acres go up in flame. An unsmothered campfire by a passing caravan could spread bush to bush until the flora for miles around was nothing but stump and ash. It's also possible that a flock of cardinals was perched in that bush, though if it was such a gathering, it would be a college of cardinals, not a flock. Who knew Moses was a birder? He turned aside to investigate. Perhaps he thought, if this is a small fire, I may be able to extinguish it before it becomes a big fire. Perhaps he worried that it might spread across the plain and threaten his family. Perhaps he needed to see how fast the fire was moving so he could get the sheep out of the way. Perhaps he knew that a college of cardinals was a rare sight and worth a closer look. Or maybe he saw the flames rising but without smoke, without the snap crackle and pop of a brush fire without the smell of scorched wood. So he said to the sheep, apparently, y'all, I need to check this out. And that's when the voice of God called from the bush and gave him a job to do. God said, I have come down to bring my people up and you will lead them. Immediately, Moses regretted his curiosity. God said, you're going to Pharaoh, and you're going to say this, and Pharaoh will say that, and you're going to do this, and my enslaved children will be freed. Moses did a quick 360 to see who it was that God was talking to. It surely wasn't him. He was just an ordinary guy. Never mind that he was saved from slaughter by his brilliant mother who hid him in a basket by the river. Note, history lesson, scripture lesson. The scripture does not say hidden in the water. It says she placed the basket by the river. Tell that to Hollywood. Never mind that he was nursed by his biological mother and raised by his adopted mother, who was the daughter of the same Pharaoh who demanded the death of Hebrew baby boys. Never mind that as an adult, he killed an Egyptian and hid the body in a shallow grave. Never mind that his crime was known and the man who would have been his grandpa in the palace, issued a warrant for his arrest and death. Never mind that he fled for his life like a scalded dog and hid out in Midian, where he married and fathered a child and figured he'd seen the last of Egypt and that bizarre family with all of those twisted relations that were worthy of a novel by William Faulkner. 
Never mind all of that. God wasn't waiting in the bush to jump anyone who wandered by. God was waiting for Moses. And when Moses locked eyes on that bush, that burning but not burning phenomenon, God had him. Boom. However, Moses didn't want to be had. He may have been curious, but he was not remotely interested in finding out what would happen if he went back to Egypt. We don't know if he balked because he was busy or because there was still that warrant for his arrest or because he was afraid he might fail or because he didn't think liberating the slaves was his business. We do know that the list of his concerns were as long as both of his arms put together. He started out with, why me? God said, don't worry, I'll be with you. Moses said, but if I tell the Israelites their ancestors God sent me, who will they think I mean? God said, tell them I am sent you. The wrangling continues in chapter 4. What if they don't believe me when I tell them you sent me? God said, look, I'm giving you magic powers, okay? But what if plagues, God said, there will be horrible, nasty, death-dealing plagues? I don't know about y'all, but can you imagine talking to God like that? Moses hung a tire swing on God's last nerve and rode it sky high. But God, he said, I'm a terrible public speaker. I stutter. At this point, that burning bush was smoking because God wasn't having it. Are you kidding me, God said. Do you even know who I am is? I give speech to mortals. I make them mute or deaf or seeing or blind. Stop arguing with me and go, and I will teach you what to say. And what did Moses say then? I can't. I can't. Please, 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 please send someone else. God about exploded. The divine hair was now on fire. Oi, said God, why am I even talking to this putz? Okay, let's do it this way. Take your brother with you. I'll put the words in your mouth. You put them in his ear. He speaks them to Pharaoh. Get it? Got it, said Moses. Good, said God. The brothers went. And something astonishing happened. Moses was not arrested. They spoke to Pharaoh. Blood, flies, frogs, lice, locusts, sick cattle, boils, hails of fire, darkness, and death to the firstborn ensued. And Moses changed. He became the person that God needed him to be. It wasn't the call by God that made Moses the liberator of the Israelites. The call of God did not make Moses a prophet. The call of God did not make Moses the leader. 
who marched his people from Egypt's gate through the Red Sea without getting wet across the wilderness for 40 years all the way up to the gate of Canaan. The call of God did not make Moses brave, faithful, or righteous. It was the doing that did it. It was the everyday, one foot in front of the other response to God's call that changed Moses and frankly changed everything else. It was in the doing that Moses caught fire. It he was still human and he still made mistakes, but he burned. The story goes that God led the Israelites in a power of pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But both of those were Moses. Once he got it into his head and into his soul that God was not just sending him, but accompanying him every step of the way. Moses went up like a pile of dry brush. Because when you do what God tells you to do, you burn. You are lit from within. Now imagine how the story would have gone if Moses hadn't budged. Imagine if this curious but stubborn Egypto-Hebrew prince, shepherd, murderer, husband, father had said, no way. What if he just turned and walked away? Would God have set the whole plane on fire to make the divine demand more forceful? Would God have chased Moses down and perhaps changed tactics? Would God have asked Moses for a favor instead of demanding action from Moses? Would God have promised that the job would be easy, no sweat, and plus you'll be rewarded in the end? What if God did all of that and Moses still said no? Well, gosh, that would be a mess, wouldn't it? The Israelites would still be in Egypt to this day. The Egyptian empire might not have been conquered by Rome. Rome might not have conquered Judah. Jesus might have been born in Egypt. Imagine that. Well, that's assuming he was born at all. Think of all the things that would be different if Moses had said no. Okay, no commandments, no golden calf, no promised land, no judges, no kings, no David, no Solomon, no temple, no captivity or destruction, no savior or diaspora, no prejudice, no pogroms, no holocaust, no homeland. Just bondage, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years of bondage. God would not force Moses if Moses refused. God doesn't force any of us to do anything. We know that. But God was relentless in insisting that it was Moses that God needed for the job of liberator. 
And God is just as relentless today. Ian Cummings is not half as stubborn as Moses, or so I've heard. I could be wrong on that. Y'all correct me, okay? But when God called Ian to ministry, Ian thought God was just, you know, a little crazy. And when God called Ian to Montview Boulevard Presbyterian Church, Ian wondered if God dialed the wrong number. Ian didn't say, who will I say called me, nor did he say, I don't want to. He did say, yikes. He did say, I'm a little afraid. And he did say, are you sure, God? Are you sure you mean me? But in the end, Ian said yes. And it wasn't in the call to this church that he became a pastor. It was in the 17 years of service that he put in. It was in the 17, can you believe 17, 17 years of showing up, of preaching, teaching, praying with and for the congregation, breaking the bread, pouring the cup, ladling water over the heads of infants and adults, sitting with the dying, doing their funerals, blessing couples in their marriages, of listening, listening to the people of this church as they share their joys, their sorrows, their brokenness, their celebrations, their curiosities, and their questions, that Ian continues to become a pastor of this church. It's in his passion for the poor, the lost, the immigrant, the outcast, the gay, the straight, the young, the old, the black, the white, the doubting, and the faith-filled that he is becoming a pastor of this church. God knows, and Ian knows, and everyone in this presbytery know that this journey has been what we call lengthy, and what we do today neither changes his title nor his value to this church. It doesn't validate all that he's already done through the years, nor does it gild the future with the glow of Presbyterian doctrine. Today, Ian's denomination changes, but that fire, that fire within his heart, his mind, and his soul has long been lit, and it will continue to burn. Sisters and brothers in Christ, God called, and Ian answered. And it is in his yes, and in the ongoing dailiness of his work, that the fire within is stoked and fed. It's in the doing that his call is confirmed and he keeps becoming who God needs him to be. 
Because when you're on fire, when you're on fire, you can't not burn. Amen?